it is a film way ahead of its time, to be fair. White supremacist politicians. I said Imagine if someone had time travel and how they decided to use it was to go back in time and write time gosh. <laughs> that film sounds shit. Ugh, no one asked for this. So welcome. Uh, the podcast nobody asks for is League of Good Bad Movies. With me, Ian Harris. Me, Graham Jones. As is now tradition, you, our loyal listener, voted on which good bad movie you wanted us to watch and record about this month. Graham, do you remember the choices this time? Yes, I do, because I checked them before we started ah, recording. We uh, are professionals. <laughs> uh, I say, while slurping a beer really close <laughs> to the microphone. Uh, and recording at... 10 minutes to midnight um (laughs) the uh, so it was obviously birdemic was was one of mine we also had another animal themed movie in cats which thank you dear listeners for not voting for because i'm not sure i could have brought myself to watch that yeah you really came through with us there We, we, we had a lot of messages of just just along the lines of I couldn't put you through it, it's the worst film on the list but I couldn't put you through that <laughs> then there was annoyingly I forget the name of was it something gods Greek gods and Romans God, or... so gods of Egypt <laughs> gods of Egypt there, there we go with the exceedingly Egyptian Gerard Butler and then the eventual winner for this week which was John claude Van Damme's magnum opus <laughs> <laughs> time cop the glory that is time cop so when when we were watching it just now i mean when we we're watching it in the future because this is the intro no um i realized that uh i've watched time cop more than i've watched like the godfather and i felt really like quite dirty i i've <laughs> never seen godfather part two no nor have i but i've watched time cop four times <laughs> i've seen it twice because it's all timey-wimey, I, I, I keep feeling like when I watch it, it's going to be different. Yeah, it never so, is, though, is it? Yeah, Time Cop, that is, not Godfather. <laughs> I, I don't think, as far as I can remember, Godfather isn't about time travel. No, it's, it's, not, it's not on the rewatch. It is actually an offer he can refuse. <laughs> but, yeah, so the, the, the plan is, as, as always, with The League of Good Bad Movies, I feel like we should make badges. I would, yeah, badges or, or membership cards or some kind of mask. Some I don't know. enamel pin badges. I quite like. Yeah, we need those. Yeah. So the plan is we are going to pretend we've gone off and watched the film because we've already watched it. And then we're going to go through a plot summary, our general thoughts and feelings on the film before going into trivia, our top three moments from the film, other people's reviews, our reviews, and then finally decide where it ends in the league of the league of good bad movies so uh yeah let's uh let's get this underway so what we'll do is in 10 years we'll re-watch time cop and then we'll <laughs> we will come back and record the next section well you'd have to make very few changes to turn this into time cop so i believe uh, i believe it is on me this time to run through this time uh, this time cop this time cop uh, we're going to make the joke anyway. Time after time, cop. <laughs> we, which we did. We watched 
We watched this film, then immediately went and listened to Time After Time because we and Time Warp as well. We are cool. Not that there is any DVD bonus footage, but Ian made Bowie dance to Time Warp. That was that was fun. Yeah, that was <laughs> given. Given this is a week where I talked about. Uh, if you haven't listened to our uh, movies where it isn't coming home episode yet, uh, skip forward ten seconds. Uh, given this is a week where I've talked in depth about seagull genocide. That is the most animal inappropriate thing I've done. <laughs> which, which is nice. Bowie did, did not appreciate doing the time warp. But Time Cop. So, plot summary of Time Cop. John claude Van Damme gets a new job as a Time Cop. His house then explodes, and his wife, who's her from Ferris Bueller, dies after he's nearly beaten to death by a guy who looks like if Boy George was in a Mad Max film. They were sent back in time by a senator we haven't really met yet, because of stuff John claude Van Damme hasn't done and only does because his wife exploded. This doesn't make sense. Ten years pass. You can tell time has passed because he now has a mullet. There's a slimy senator dude trying to get rich off of time travel so he can become president. Jean-Claude Van Damme hunts him down after doing the splits. The senator dude changes the future so that he's president. Jean-Claude Van Damme insults his boss's wife's goulash out of nowhere and goes back in time to stop him and in the process save his wife from exploding. In a film about time travel, they visit three places. The Civil War briefly, 1929 briefly, and then 1994 for far too long. The time travel doesn't make sense. Jean-Claude Van Damme's hair doesn't make sense. The fact nobody recognises Jean-Claude Van Damme after he's only looked 10 years older doesn't make sense. Also, there's a parrot. The split count in this movie is two. The Jean-Claude Van Damme count in this movie is two. And the nutshot count in this movie is three. So that's Time Cop. It's the important statistics you that's, out there. That's the important shit from Time Cop. But I can't hammer home that given given this is a time travel movie and they had the entire like history of the human race was up for grabs for doing shit in, they chose to set it in the mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, the thing as well that I love is, well, technically it came out in the year it was set. So my favourite part about all of this is that they clearly thought mullets were going to come back in fashion in 10 years. You know, 10 years in the future, 2004, yeah. is obvious, obviously mullets are back. Cars without windows, virtual reality porn, mullets. <laughs> that's, that's what I, I mean, that's definitely what my, 2000, my distant future of 2004 was. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it simultaneously gets the future, the present and the past wrong. Yeah, although it is very, very scarily prophetic about, like, Donald Trump in 2016. Like, some of the shit that they talk about, mm. like, the white supremacist party gaining funding. I yeah. mean, I know Trump didn't exactly come out with that branding, but it didn't feel a million miles away. Yeah, There's also a line in the film, I think, he said something along the lines of, I, I need to be um, a rich enough president so it doesn't matter what I do, or some or words to that effect. Yeah, something, Again, yeah. Which is exactly what Trump did. I'm just upset it wasn't a prophecy on that rather than on mullets, because I think I could make it work. Are you, Ian, why are you coming I, I, had, I, I had the I had the long hair during lockdown, but I, I, didn't, I didn't go full mullet. Maybe that's... Um, that's where I've been going wrong. Maybe that's a New Year's resolution. Maybe... Uh, 2022 is the year of the mullet. Grow a mullet. I like my my partner's like hairs must have just stood on end there. She can <laughs> she can sense something horrible is about to happen. Um, actually, before I go into kind of more details in the film, if you could set it in a different time, when would you set it? 
any time was more interesting than 1994. Yeah, that's fair. I guess anywhere back in, like, you know, even if they stayed in the Civil War era a bit more, that could have been a bit more interesting. Yeah, but remember, they would have still gone back in time cop uniforms. Yeah, this is yeah, this is also because true. for some reason they don't decide to dress. Given they're not trying to alter timelines or, you know, yeah, they're trying to be stealthy, stealthy, sneaky, sneaky time cops. Yeah. They insist on dressing in just policeman outfits. Yeah, and futuristic policeman outfits. Yeah, that have time agency or whatever it was written on it. And I guess the yeah, the time, time enforcement commission. I yeah. think TEC. But the other thing as well is like they couldn't. Like, they clearly laid out in that really long bit of exposition at the beginning with meeting that was really, really boring, where they talked about all the rules of time. Cop. Oh, God, yeah. So they couldn't have gone back to World War Two and killed Hitler because, you know, they, they, they mentioned that about four times why they couldn't kill yeah. Hitler. I think something about, like, it could have created Hitler too, or like It, it would Hitler. create, like, a Hitler vacuum <laughs> and a bigger, badder, worse Hitler, might. It's like, like Henry the Hoover. Yeah. But, but with a tash. So Time Cop was directed by... Peter Hyams, who went on to... So his next film was also Jean-Claude Van Damme's next film. So he did a film called Sudden Death, which is set at a Pittsburgh Penguins game. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and it also features what is probably the longest helicopter crash ever. And he also directed End of Days. Have you watched End of Days? I watched End of Days a very, very long time ago. Schwarzenegger? Yep. Satan. Schwarzenegger and Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's got like an incredible soundtrack to it. It was, um, yeah. Just it, remember watch it. It was a, it was a really interesting film. It was a choice. <laughs> Did you read the original plot of Time Cop? So Time Cop was based on a Dark Horse comic called Time Cop: A Man Out of Time, and it's kind of annoying because the plot of the comic is really good, and I don't know why they changed it. So. Agent Max Walker pursues an illegal time traveller robbing a South African diamond mine in the 1930s. After capturing the robber and returning to present time, Walker realises the timeline has been damaged because the criminal's robotic bodyguard remained in the past and was still active. Walker returns to the 1930s and defeats the robot with the help of a local who he rewards with a diamond. Returning home, the timeline is largely restored, but read to see the local became a political leader who helped end apartheid. I mean, that's such a better film. It's so much better. And instead, they chose a film which there's five minutes of exposition and then just excuses to do the splits, which is kind of Jungle Van Damme's MO, really. The second splits was, uh, was, was the award-winning splits, I think. The uh, jumping onto the cabinet. But it wasn't just... Ju- well, sorry, not on the cabinet, it was the kitchen work surfaces uh, to avoid... It- after he'd managed to outrun a taser like three times, which I'm not entirely sure is humanly possible. It's not just like, how long on average does it take you to move, physically move when you hear your alarm go off in the oh, morning? I mean, a very long time. Yeah, so Jean-Claude Van Damme hears someone press a trigger of a taser and then manages to get out of the way and kick him in the face. Yeah, it is, it is absurd. But the um, this talking of absurd, the splits when he so he he avoids a taser for the second time, lands on like in the corner of two work surfaces on his kitchen, and he just kind of holds. He's he's just in his boxes as well at this point, and he just kind of <laughs> holds the splits for a little bit too long, whilst looking over his shoulder, and he kind of just bounces a little bit. I I I I, I think it's more of a bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Did you know Time Cop is a franchise? Yeah, it's, it's like the 
Is it the Berlin Incident or the something? Berlin Decision. Decision, that's Which stars cinematic powerhouse Jason Scott Lee. And there was also a short-lived TV series. So the TV show focuses on TEC agent Jack Logan, who hunts down rogue time travellers and brings them to justice before they can alter the past. There were nine episodes of 13 ever aired, and it included characters such as Ulysses S. Grant, H.G. Wells, Elliot Ness, and Hitler. And it starred a guy called Ted King, who you may recognise as Vampire at Rave in Blade, an FBI agent on roof from the X-Files. Ah, oh, I loved him as right. an FBI agent on roof. Very understated performance, I, I think, in both of them. Yeah, also the fact that FBI agent on roof, I mean, he he, he really played it like, was was the was he on the roof or was he the roof? Exactly, and uh, you really felt like he was on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, and I think I made this quite quite apparent when we were watching it, but we, we go through all of this with, with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and to be fair, a lot of it, even though technically he's doing it to like make the future better with the whole presidential situation, really, he's just doing it so he can so his wife doesn't die. Which, oh, fair enough. But I mean, you know, you, you you're taking your personal life into your work life there. But he obviously goes back to everything works out. He goes back at the end, um, and he meets the kid that he clearly, like you mentioned, clearly has no idea what the kid's called. Yeah. But the kid's wearing a fucking gilet, man. <laughs> like, if I'd gone through all of that and meet my kid that I never thought I was going to meet and the kid's wearing a gilet, I mean, I'm going straight back to 1990. Also, like, I, 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 know, I know he broke the rules of time travel and all of that shit, but he never want Like, if, if, if you were Time Cop, I yeah. know he's got a character name, but he is Time Cop, isn't he, really? I would at least double-check to see what the guy's policies were. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, like, like for all we know, he could, he could, he could have been an incredible president. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was just so John Claude Van Damme. I love this scene so much. These are the rules. Here are the fucking rules. I'm going to lead with arguably the best piece of trivia we have done in one of these trivia sections. That could possibly be the best piece of movie trivia ever. Okay. So, the virtual reality porn scene. Yep. Was originally supposed to be a nature documentary about beavers. But the off-site team that was supposed to go out and film beavers got drunk and um, ended up at a strip bar. And the next morning, they woke up so late, they missed the bus to the nature reserve where they were going to shoot beavers. So they just went back to the strip club and filmed one of the dancers they'd met instead. Wow. <laughs> but the fact it's beavers. The fact it's beavers, but also the fact that it, that it paid off. Like, can you imagine fucking up at your job so badly that you ended up doing something that is that ended up, you know, relating to, oh, yeah, I was at a strip club and I went back and I filmed it and we're going to use this. It, it made it into the movie. But it'd be such, like, it must have been a great, like, exchange between, I'm assuming, like, one of the producers and the team. So, <laughs> so did you get that footage of Beavers? It's like, kind of? <laughs> Technically? Kind of? Yeah, I just I would love to. There's a film in itself, I think, of that offsite team realizing what they've done and trying to piece oh. together an excuse. That's that's and that's a better film than Time Cop. One hundred percent. I think you mentioned it yourself. Apparently, Jean Claude Van Damme's mullet was inspired by Wolverine. Yep. Who I don't think had a mullet. Uh, no, I don't remember at any point Wolverine having a mullet in the comics because obviously this was this was comics Wolverine, not um, yeah, not Hugh Jackman. But yeah, it's always more of the kind of like 
slipped upwards into the the kind of horns things, isn't it? Which which is distinctly like he doesn't have the hair on his neck. No, it's I, I don't know why that that hurt. <laughs> it hurt my feelings, Graham. Yeah, it was a tough one to get trivia for because there's not really that much out there because I feel like people didn't want to acknowledge it existed for a while. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the fact that so apparently his his futuristic looking watch which sets him apart obviously being 10 years in the future is just a stock casio model dw400 ah the time cop model (laughs) the time cop model yeah yeah because all the future stuff was so whenever they were in 2004 the distant future of 2004 the only really futuristic stuff you had was the cars which i mentioned repeatedly just looked like the tank out of captain scarlet tank out of captain scarlet has had sex with the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. Yeah, and you only ever saw two of those cars, because clearly they couldn't afford to stick more stuff on other cars. Yeah. And that was it, really. Everything else was, you were either inside in the basement in the, the of the TEC place, place yeah. or at his house, which kind of had, like, prototype Syrian. Yeah, there was nothing particularly modern about, that felt modern in... You, you think if you got to the point of self-driving cars that there's some of the house tech would have been at a similar level, but it, it wasn't. It was just like a... I mean, he had turrets, I guess. Yeah, like, if, if, you, compare this to, if you compare this to the far superior Demolition Man, uh, at least the future there looked like... It, they clearly put a bit of effort into making it look different. Oh, I don't think they put any effort no. into this movie whatsoever. The big, the, yeah, the big difference in Time Cops 2004 is the fact John Claude Van Damme has a mullet. Yeah. But... Well, it was enough to make his wife think, to question whether or not it was him because he had a mullet. Yeah. So and, and if she was dead. Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly. What? No? What do you mean? No, you're not dead. Don't be silly. Yeah, if you're ever from the future and you go back in time and visit your significant <laughs> other and they look at your appearance and assume they must be dead, it's time to reevaluate something. Yeah, there's another interesting bit with the. Well, there's there's two bits relating to the the sled. So the sled is the time machine that they have to go in to go places, but they don't have to be in to come back from places. And when they go in it, when they turn up in new space time, they're not actually in it anymore. They just yeah. sort of appear Alex Mack style, and also can come back without going fast into a wall inside a sled but but then reappear in the sled but reappear in the sled that's now facing the other way on the rails yeah yeah it doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense no so he um he takes out a stick of um chewing gum and it's it's called black black chewing gum it's a japanese brand and during 1994 john claude van damme actually appeared in television commercials for black black chewing gum in japan was he speaking japanese i'm not sure i'm guessing not i think it's probably like the homer simpson um Japan adverts. Or like the Joey um, Tribbiani ones. Yeah. And then also in that same scene, there's a bit where she, uh, so he's going back with the other time cop lady and he tells her not to stick her head out of the window. Um, but there are no open windows. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounded like porn, didn't it? Uh, yep. No, I just loaded up uh, the Turing Gum commercial series. Okay. Yeah, he tells her not to stick her head out the window, but it's fully enclosed and the windows don't open. So it's the most ridiculous piece of advice. I don't know if he's trying to be funny. But also, isn't it like she has to, for the time travel to work, 
she can't be like your heartbeat has can't be too high or something like that it sounded like i think they were trying to weave that in at some point. yeah so they just tried to make her as stressed as possible yeah like if time travel involves you having to be calm you don't have an audible countdown starting at like a minute plus no or hurtle your people towards a wall yeah all that or why have windows yeah everything else doesn't have windows in this world the cars, his workplace. I don't remember windows in his house. No, there were definitely windows because there was uh, with his um, wife at the beginning. You could see. Her oh, but not his future house. His future. House. In in his new future house, right? It does, but in like his Siri flat, I don't think there are windows. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. His uh, well, it's weird. He he's basically gone and lived in like a divorced single dad's flat, but without being a divorced single dad. That sums it up quite well. The budget. Uh, 27 million. That is too much money. <laughs> yep. And it made... Any guesses? I reckon it probably made quite a bit. 200 million? Uh, just, just under 102. Okay. But it's still five times its money back. Yeah. For a film which predominantly features, again, Jean-Claude Van Damme doing the splits. And at one point, possibly sodomising a man with a stick... Oh, definitely sodomizing a man with a stick. We, we, we still can't figure out. It was either a nut shot or sodomy. Or a bit of both. But either way, it came out of nowhere and it wasn't necessarily needed. Just to check again, yes, this paper was from yeah. the future. Top three moments from the film. Yep. Number three, please, sir. Number three uh, is Time Courts. <laughs> the hit time travel-based justice reality TV show. Yeah. To be fair, at some point, I'm sure there's going to be like an NCIS version. Like, there's an NCIS version of everything, so I'm sure there'll be an NCIS time. But yeah, so the thing I love about Time Court is you get to Time Court, your case is heard in the space of about 30 seconds, there's no jury, (laughs) the judge looks to one side, looks to the other side, makes a judgment, and then, if you're guilty, as the guy was in this case, sentences you to death, and then you get dropped onto a... uh, onto a car in nineteen in the nineteen twenties in front of a philosophical Irish guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like given given how again there was no evidence shown. No. So why were it, why were they so like bent out of shape about trying this senator? Um, it's nearly like they haven't thought a lot about this film. My my third is if I catch you fucking that machine again, which is a man who seems to have had his life so he, he's basically just a pervert who yeah. has had a history for just watching porn at work so you cut to the aforementioned uh, well i guess it was supposed to be a nature documentary yeah but so, then that that raises yeah. a lot of other questions so you cut to a naked woman on a bed and it turns out it is this like time travel tech guy watching virtual reality porn at work yeah but the boss doesn't say if i catch you watching that again or if I catch you jacking off again, he specifically says fucking that machine. Yep. So this guy has been caught red-handed fucking a computer, and he still has a job. Yeah. He must be very. He's he's one of those people that he's he's probably like written the code and hasn't he hasn't documented it. Mm. Um. He's he's ensuring that he's kind it's of. It's almost un- third-party customizations. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, what's great is he is a colossal piece of perverted shit but then in the alternate timeline where this guy is president he's got his shit together yeah and i want to know what event was it that has now happened that caused this like 
just cosmic shift in who he is. Oh, they 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 went and filmed the beavers. Ah, he's that must re- be it. He's yeah. just really into nature now. He's now just big into beaver. <laughs> um, my second moment was one at work, but we we've covered that now. Um, and as in the the moment in the film, not mm. just general one at work. No. So I'll I'll sub one in, which is just the aggressive exposition. So. Yeah. You have obviously the meeting at the beginning where they just they essentially talk through not so much the plot but like every kind of rule that the the film is going to abide by. Some of which they get very wrong in terms of like the theoretical physics yeah. of things, but you know we we don't have to go into that. Yeah, as, um, as something of a time travel connoisseur. <laughs> but and then there's also the bit where they're back in the 1920s and the guy is trying to make money off of the stock market crash. And he's got the newspaper, and the newspaper is a newspaper from the modern day. <gasps> but the amount of times that they zoom in on the fact that it's from two thousand and four, there is there is a five minute take or, or five minutes of the film that you could cut out immediately and just cut to him with a USA Today on the desk, because you see him arrive in a car, yeah, greet people, walk into the lobby, get into the lift, get out of the lift. <laughs> Say hello to his colleagues, <laughs> get into the office, sit down at his desk, pull out the old newspaper, the new newspaper, pull out his pen. Yeah. It's, it's just so completely unnecessary. There's also that shot of the pen in like the middle of the camera going mm. around and circling all of the stocks that he's yeah. going to buy as well. Just in case we didn't quite understand what was happening. And then back to the other... So he knows this because he's got the paper from the yeah. future. I don't know if you've got that. The, time the, travel, the, guys. It's time travel. travel. 2004 and he's not in 2004 how is this happening so second of my choice is uh implied porn but this time at home so john claude van damme returns after a hard day time copying to his uh his like smart home and he just says play the tape (laughs) and the tv starts playing a very like pessimistic view of the future tv as well it's not a flat thing. It's not hologram. It's not like a wall. No. It's just kind of a normal TV. A little bit more widescreen than you would have. A little bit, before. yeah. But it's his dead wife. Well, she's not dead in the video. It's, it's a video of his wife while she was still alive building a birdhouse. And he's behind the camera. Um, and then she asks him a question and he drops the camera. And then they clearly start fucking on the floor. So his... He's gone home after a day of work, said, play the tape, and then just homemade porn starts playing on the TV immediately. That's my interpretation of the scene anyway. But like, wouldn't you have like a... You'd, anyone could say, play the tape. Yeah. Like, it's a very broad... Like, you would have some kind of se- secret thing if you wanted to play homemade porn on your smart TV. But also, um, they, they went with tapes. They, they're still having tapes in 2004. Oh, and mini discs. Yeah, and number one. Well, I'm gonna I'm st- I'm gonna steal what you called it during the film, and that was uh, giving him the cold shoulder. So there is a fantastic part where they go back to 1994 again, and they go to it's is it some kind of like computer chip factory so it, it's, or it's, something? It's the warehouse, which I'm assuming it has something to do with time travel. Yeah, because it's called. It's like Parker. I like how we just watched this film. And I still don't know any of the names because it was that kind of film. <laughs> Parker 
senator's name yeah. industries and then it's parker industries who now owns this time travel thing but then in the alternate timeline it's the senator's surname right yeah, yeah. so it's, i'm assuming the microchips they make have something to do with time travel yeah and i'm guessing because of the i don't know the production or how hot they run it is a very cold facility how, how do how do we know it's a cold facility? oh because as we walk in there's a massive sign on the door that says <laughs> danger extreme cold um despite the but fact you, that no one inside looks particularly chilly but also it's it's one piece of apparatus which is cold yeah, yeah. Like you would have the sign on that <laughs> yeah but also then they have the the senator's car parked outside really discreetly of this like big warehouse where it just literally <laughs> i think the the number plate was like senate as well which yeah. is but yeah so there's a, a fight in shoes and uh john claude van damme uses he like breaks off a pipe or something that has obviously the cold airflow in it and freezes a guy's arm that immediately turns into a popsicle and then he basically kicks it off and the guy shatters in half in some of the most glorious 90s uh, cgi you will see oh, it just annoys me so much <laughs> you, you you remember what the one line it was i don't know have a nice day oh yeah <laughs> like, there was a lot of half-assed dialogue in this film, to say the least. I have decided to go for John claude Van Damme waking up quicker than it takes for a taser to fire <laughs> after pressing the trigger. Because that entire scene is glorious. Because say what you want about the man's acting ability, film choices, delivery of dialogue, and general decision-making process. He was sculpted out of marble. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I don't understand how it works. And, and not, not to for want of a better word, gush over this too much. The flexibility on him. I mean, like, it's I, I will mock the splits. It's a surreal thing to watch, but I, I, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even begin to imagine being able to do the splits on the floor, let alone between two kitchen cabinets. At the beginning of the film, when he kind of goes to kick the robber in the face and just holds his foot there. Yeah. He's doing that wearing jeans. As I mentioned, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a growing man. I have, on occasion, split a pair of jeans. <laughs> I have done that through any combination of sitting down and standing up. I don't understand how you can kick someone like that in jeans. No, it's, I, I'm not Unle sure yeah. it's possible. Unless you left the house and thought, you know what? I'm going to get my roundhouse jeans on today, just in case. I got a feeling about it. Yeah, but the other thing that, that really gets me from that scene is that he holds his foot up in the air in front of this guy's face in the same way that you would threaten someone with a gun holding it in their face. <laughs> but yeah. that's not how kicking works. Yeah. Like he was jacking it at work. So before we go through our feelings on the film, yeah. uh, Graham, I believe you're going to share share with us some uh, reviews. I've got a few here. So I'm going to start with one of my favourites, which is um, from... Max Walker of The Guardian, and one of the reasons this is the is my uh, favorite review is that Max Walker is the name of John Claude Van Damme's character in Time Cop. So he does actually he touches on this obviously about this film being a guilty pleasure mostly because of the, him being named after the uh, well actually he was named after him sharing the name with uh, John Claude Van Damme's character. But he says, "Jesus Christ, imagine." <laughs> Imagine finding out you were named after a Jean-Claude Van Damme character. Oh, do you think that's the worst? Do you think there's any worse um, movie characters you could be named after? Oh, I mean, there's going to be some 
there's going to be some weird ones out there. I've, I've just got a list up of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme characters. Uh, obviously, you know what his name was when he was the bad guy or when he was the villain in Expendables 2. Jean Villain. <laughs> they either really lean into the fact he's clearly European yeah. or just pretend he's American and never, never acknowledge it. So for every uh, Jacques Christophe, there is a Jack Quinn. <laughs> oh, and once in the film Monaco Fever from 1984, Gay Karate Man. <laughs> oh no, here we go. Best name. Gibson Rickenbacker. <laughs> so what did Max Walker of The Guardian Max think Walker, of uh, Time uh, Cop? So he said, when all's said and done, Time Cop is basically a low-rent Terminator. Pumped up European star with funny accent who can't really act. Check. Time travel. Yup. Lots and lots of gratuitous violence. You got it. There's also a rather sad low-budget feel about the whole thing. The time machine is basically a rocket-powered go-kart. Everybody involved from the director down is clearly phoning it in. Except Van Damme. That's such a good point. <laughs> Everybody else clearly realises it's time cop. Will Thomas from Empire. It's a good thing the latest Van Damme actioner is based on a comic book. For if you give it its sci-fi, for if you give its sci-fi tra- time travel plot more than ten seconds worth of thought, it disintegrates into mishmash of time-space continuum baloney. Gene Siskel from the Chicago Tribune just went with <laughs> Van Damme is compelling only when he takes his clothes off. <laughs> Well, I mean, my top moment of the film is him and his boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, we've got Lee Patch from the Herald Sun, um, which I believe is an Australian newspaper, and just says, this super silly effort strays quite near the watchable thanks to its Looney Tunes time travel angle. I like it. But yeah, for me, the whole, the whole thing with Time Cop was it's a time travel movie that barely uses the concept of time travel. Yeah, it, it's just going back to, to the 90s, really. Yeah. And it promises so much. Like, at the beginning, like as I said, like, Civil War Uzis, like you think, oh shit, this 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 could be interesting, and then no, we we just go to the same three sets ten years yeah. earlier with John Claude Van Damme with the mullet. Yeah, and just when you think that's what the film's going to be like, they go to the nineteen twenties. It's yeah. like, oh, maybe things are going to be different, but then no, back to the nineties again. <laughs> I, I I think the problem I have with Time Cop is it it's one of those films where I think it would have obviously it would have been better if it was better, but. It also this, would this have... is the insight that you come here for, listeners. Yeah. So obviously if it was better, it would have been a better film. But also I think it would have been better if it had been slightly worse. It might have been a bit more... Because there were, there were scenes of it which were like... The, the fight scenes, though hilariously set up, weren't bad. Like some of the set pieces were okay. But there was so much which was just shit. Did and you... it wasn't quite funny enough shit in some places do you think if we did so um sam raimi was a producer on it mm. do you think if we took sam raimi out of the equation so i guess clearly the one guy that has some talent that maybe it would have devolved it enough to be like a proper bad movie yes i think i think maybe like it's, it's definitely good bad movie material yeah but yeah it is it's not quite in the sweet spot enough to truly appreciate how bad it is yeah i think you just yeah you need some of the um some of the more classic good bad movie tropes patricia arquette yeah you need patricia arquette to turn up you need uh john claude van damme should have uh, written and directed it as well as starred in it basically i think the one thing that it does it it does hit with the the good bad movie thing is that it was clearly trying to you know how like so similar to how like star crash was like star star crash was amazing (laughs) 
to drive. I mean, unbelievable. I was trying to crash in, cash in on. Star, <laughs> We're trying to star cash in. Star cash in on the um on the success of Star Wars. It it felt like this was the same, but for like yeah, for Terminator essentially. From people who'd only had Terminator explained to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's this European guy. Yeah, and it's time travel. I think there's time travel in it. Yeah. Way, would you recommend it to people? Um, I don't know that I would. It's I've watched it twice now, and I think that's enough. Whereas some of the other ones on our list, I would definitely watch over and over again. I agree. I think it's it falls into that sort of grey area that it's it clearly is a good bad movie, but it's just it's it's you know, it's this is a weird thing to say, but it's kind of too good. Like you need like more of the like cold shoulder arm shattering yeah. stuff. Like that that was that was perfect, but it, we only had it once and there was nothing else. I'm married to the clock. So where does this end up on the league of the league of good bad movies? To recap, then there's five five films there currently. We, have, we have five films deep and number five. Super Mario Brothers. Number four. Showgirls. Number three. How comes to Frogtown? Number two. Troll two. Number one. Vampire's Kiss. I think again, if we're if we're rating this on the in the context of how good a good bad movie it is, I actually think it goes in just it, it slots in between Showgirls and Mario Brothers. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. <laughs> Because I, I would I would hundred percent watch Time Cop again over if I had to pick between Time Cop or Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. I would rather watch Time Cop. Yeah. Like Super Mario Brothers is nearly it's the other end of the spectrum. It's nearly so bad it <laughs> transcends the good bad moviness. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. It's um I mean it's nuts. And Showgirls like Show Showgirls has uh in my mind, are, are, are you are you trying to think of a word that is an aftertaste? <laughs> yeah, like showgirls like, is like it's it's maturing like a fine wine. Yeah, like <laughs> I I didn't enjoy watching it as I have gone on record saying, but I can't stop thinking about it. It it, it lives like to the point. At some point, I might have to argue like a promotion of it up the rank a little, <laughs> because it does live rent free in my mind. Yeah. It's so bad on so many different levels. And as time goes past, I'm starting to appreciate the different levels a bit more. Yeah. And it, it, the fa- I think the other thing is like, oh, I'm <laughs> listening to music and like one of the songs will, will shuffle on because it's on it's on the shared playlist. Is there a Time Cop musical? I think this is one of the few ones we've come across that there wasn't some kind of musical involved. Not that I've seen. Um, although it feels like there must be well, it's the rule isn't it if there's a film there was an edinburgh festival musical written yeah. about it i mean look we're, we're a month out from edinburgh Ian. um if uh well we're not a month out we're like two days out from edinburgh do, do, do you want to put an all night or write a time cut musical and uh go try and get it on at the fringe we, we, we've done weirder things <laughs> we, we started a podcast because he's the time cup the tamiest cup of all. We just have to rip off. It should be a medley of all songs featuring featuring time, but we just change them into time cop. Oh, so yeah, so t- time cop after time cop. Yeah, yeah. The the time cops they are changing. Time cop is running out. Time cops like these. Uh, good riddance. Time cop of your life. My personal favorite. 
Wacka wacka this time cop for Africa. <laughs> <laughs> this time cop for Africa. It worked. So time cop comes in at fifth on our The League of the League of Good Bad Movies. Just outside the playoff spot. So, yeah, if you have any other good bad movie recommendations for us, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. You can also find us at Kofi at the podcast nobody asked for, where you can buy us a coffee. And oh, all of that money goes. And please do, because it cost us £8 to watch Time Cop tonight. And oh, I'm we... still not okay with it. Because we had to buy it. <laughs> so we now own Graham, well, more specifically, Graham now owns a movie that, and I quote, Two times is enough. <laughs> so yeah, please visit the Kofi link. If you'd like to audition for Time Cop the Musical, please get in touch um, via Twitter at Nobody Asked For Pod. Uh, you can also send your audition tapes on Facebook at the same address. And remember to leave us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcast and include any uh, future episode ideas you have. So that is that was our sixth The League of Good Bad Movies episode. So we have these last day of every month and then normal episodes every thursday yes and for all things podcast nobody asked for visit podcast nobody asked for.co.uk where you can find everything we've just spoken about and a little bit more lovely stuff right let's get cracking so we have two days to do this musical yep right cool you put the you put the kettle on <laughs> i'll go grab the guitar For this. <laughs> There's no need for the splits there.